0: Welcome to Installment 300 of Sefer HaMitzvahs from the Rambam. Today's portion contains one commandment, Prohibition 235, not to lend money and take interest for this loan. This prohibition of taking ribis, or interest, for a loan derives from the book of Leviticus, chapter 25, verse 37, which states, lesitin le You should not give somebody money on interest, and you should not even give food on interest. For example, if you lend someone $100, you cannot say, pay me back in a year's time with 110 and I will take $10 interest. And so too, you cannot lend someone, for example, a hundred pounds of grain, and say, pay me back 110 Both of these cases are known as ribis, or interest, and are prohibited by biblical violation. We see that in this verse, two different words are used for interest. Regarding money, it says neshech. And regarding food, it says marbis. It would seem then that these are two separate prohibitions, one for interest on food and one for interest on money. However, our sages are emphatic that there is only one prohibition here. As the Rambam quotes the Talmudic tractate, Baba Metziah, which says both of them, by biblical law, really are one and the same thing, that there's no such thing as Neshech without Marbis, and vice versa. There is only one type of interest. Why then did the Torah distinguish between two separate things, call it Neshech and Marbis? If they're both the same, why not use only one name? And the Talmud answers, as it does in many other places, that this is lechizuk that it was split up in order to make the person transgress on two prohibitions instead of just one. And therefore two different names are used for interest to show that one gets credit or punishment for two prohibitions instead of just one. And we see that the verse has been ingeniously structured to convey this meaning. To more exactly translate the verse, it would say, your money do not give in that <coughs> at the beginning the verse mentions money. At the end it mentions food, and the two words for interest are placed in the middle. And therefore the Talmud says you could read it putting the two putting a comma either after the two words for interest or before the two words for interest. Therefore you could read it: money do not give b'neshech uva implying you would get two prohibitions, two types of interest, or two prohibitions for taking interest for money. And so too you could read it, noch that with these two types of interest do not give food. And therefore we see that it comes to strengthen the, the prohibition. And the truth is that Rambam says that there is a, still another verse to prohibit this. In verse th- 36... In the same chapter, it is stated, Do not take from him also two different words used for interest. And as the Talmud explains, this also refers to the lender. As we will learn, God willing, in tomorrow's commandment, that there's even a prohibition for the borrower to give the lender interest. This prohibition, again, is still for the Malva, And we find another reference to it. And all of this is just to strengthen the prohibition. As the Rambam refers to his ninth principle of deriving the number of the 613 commandments, that when all of the different prohibitions in the Torah speak about the same idea, they only count for one mitzvah. And over here, although we have several verses and several references, it's all referring to one idea, that someone who lends money is forbidden from taking interest for it. Therefore, the person will get punishment for three different transgressions, since the Torah repeats it many different times. However, in the counting of the 613 mitzvahs, it counts only as one. The details of this commandment are described in the fifth chapter of Baba Metzia. Our sages tell us that interest is one of the things that a person's inward desire thirsts for. However, the punishment and the loss is very great. As our sages say that even more than the one who lends with interest gains, he loses. As the Talmud states that he ends up losing his money and will eventually have to ask other people for money, since Hashem will make him lose in the long run. So, too, one who lends with interest is said to rebel and deny the existence of God and to deny the whole exodus from Egypt. And as the Yalkut Shimoni tells us about Yechezkel, that when he did ha-mesim, brought up the dead to life, one person did not come up and he asked Hashem, what is the unique thing about this person that he does not stand up in the resurrection of the dead? And Hashem answered Yeheskel, He lent with ribis, He lent with interest. That people that lend with interest will not stand up, will not come with the resurrection of the dead together with everyone else. The reason for this severity regarding the taking of interest can be seen in the commentary's explanation that a person who takes interest lacks faith in God. He is lacking bitachon. He should, person should have faith, faith that since he is commanded to lend money, that Hashem will allow him if, if from another source an, a sufficient income for him to make a living. And since he does not have this faith, he shows a lack not only a, a lack of a desire to do a favor for another Jew and give him an interest-free loan, but even more so, he lacks faith in God Himself. And therefore he is considering, considered in a way to be rejecting the existence of Hashem. What is the connection with the resurrection of the dead? The Bala who often comments on the numerical value of different words in the Torah, says that the word neshech, or interest, has the numerical value of zehnachash. This is the serpent. Referring to the serpent who, who caused and convinced Adam and Eve to sin with the tree of knowledge. What was the effect of this of this sin which the serpent caused? Death was brought into the world. The whole concept of death was brought. Therefore, a person who does mice in nachash, he does just like a serpent. As the medrash says, that interest is called neshech, which literally means a bite, because it resembles the bite of a snake. That when someone gets bit by a snake, at first they don't feel so much pain. But suddenly they realize they've been poisoned and that jumps upon them and kills them. And so, too, interest does not hurt right away. But after a while, we see much money is lost from the borrower. Therefore, we see the connection between the serpent or a snake and interest. And just like the snake brought death into the world, a person who is acting like a snake by taking interest and giving the person a bite is still holding on to the whole idea of death. Therefore, in the resurrection, the dead comes about, he will not stand up with everyone else. In the writings of the Tzemach Sedek, we find an even deeper explanation of the relationship between a, a nachash, the serpent, and the sin of taking interest. The Tzemach Sedek points out that there is a general dependent relationship between holiness and unholiness. As the Talmud says, when one rises, the other falls specifically referring to the city of Jerusalem and the city of Tsur in the Tyre in Lebanon, that when Jerusalem, meaning holiness, is strong, then Tsur or unholiness, is weak. And conversely, when Tsur becomes strong, the forces of unholiness increase, then Jerusalem, or the forces of holiness, decreases. And so, too, we find in the supernal worlds that when holiness, when the holy supernal worlds are strong in their holiness, then the forces of evil are weak. And vice versa, when more evil is added, strength of holiness is sapped away from the holy worlds and brought down to feed it to feed the forces of unholiness. And this was the effect of the sin of the that the Nachash caused. When the serpent got Adam and Eve to sin, he also took a bite. Where did he take a bite? He took a bite out of the holiness of the supernal worlds and took their holiness away and added it on to the forces of unholiness, knowing that the principle is that one, when one gets weakened, since he weakened Kedusha, the holiness of Adam and Eve, therefore he would add on to the forces of unholiness, the forces of Klippa. And therefore he bid away some of the strength and some of the holiness from the holy worlds, specifically the world of Atzilus, and through this he added strength into Sitra Akhra, into the forces of unholiness. And therefore the sin caused by the serpent was also a kind of interest. He was taking away money, or in this case a godly life force, from its proper place and bringing it to a place that does not belong to the forces of unholiness. With this the Tzema explains the prayer we say on Yom Kippur, and the Al-Chetz, on the sin that we sin before you, The huve marbis, with different types of interest. And the Tzemach Saddik explains it not only refers to a person who in the simple sense of the word took interest, but in fact it refers to anyone who ever did any type of sin. Since through doing a sin, we take away some of the holiness from the supernal worlds and add on some of that strength and some of this life into clipper into the forces of unholiness, in a way when once we have done any sin, we have had the same effect as taking interest. We have bit away, so to speak, Neshech, taken away some of the holiness from the holy worlds, and added it to the forces of unholiness. And with this we can understand the expression that the sin we did before you but Neshech over Marbis. Neshech literally means a bite. Marbis means we have added on and therefore we can understand what has happened. The person has bit away, taken away some of the forces of holiness through his own sinful acts and added on, marbis, added on more life force to, to his own evil inclination and to the forces of unholiness everywhere. From the many negative things said about someone who does take, give a loan with interest, we can understand the greatness of someone who gives an interest-free loan. And we can see this even more clearly from the end of the 15th chapter of the book of Psalms, which states, If a person gives money as a loan without taking interest, the verse concludes, He will never ever be moved. He will never ever fall from his greatness because of the good he has done. And Hashem's desire for him is so great, as the Metsudist David says on this verse, that he is fit to dwell in the Beis HaMikdosh that he should permanently dwell in the temple in Jerusalem. May it be speedily built from hei the amen.